Welcome in everybody into episode 33, 33, 34. Hell, I don't even know, Chisholm. What episode is this? 34 sounds right. 34 of Justified Pursuit. Alongside Chisholm Cook, my buddy, co-host, the good counselor. How are you today? Feeling great, man. Home from a two-day trip, uh, work trip. Just uh, finished a quick bike ride. Uh, this one's going to be short. You got uh, vacation to get to, but we wanted to knock this out before. How long are you going to? Uh, a week, but we'll, we'll just go as long as we can. So um, yeah, okay. I hardly recognize you. For the listeners, though, Chisholm usually has got a, like a full beard and like this long hippie hair, which. Uh, I didn't cut it all off. I just had the, a, the face is clean so. shaven and the hair is real. Well, short for him. Shorter. So uh, what's going on there? It's the new look. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, I had to, uh, visit a customer for the first time. And, uh, I think, I think for the first time since the pandemic, maybe. Yeah, I think so. So you wanted to look presentable. Yeah. Well, the facility that I went into, you're not allowed to have a beard first of all. Uh, but then, you know, the hair was, it was time for a trim. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my, my day job, I like do bits like do like when I go on a trip, I, I, do a mullet or like a handlebar mustache or something. <laughs> One of the many reasons why I want your day job. <laughs> uh, so little backstory. We tried episode one before we really got this podcast going and we tried it at nighttime. This is like <laughs> the latest we've ever recorded other yep. than that episode. And I got a little tipsy there cause it was like eight or nine o'clock and had a few beers and I'm on beer number two today i also got a workout in so i feel like this is well deserved and i'm on vacation time now so we actually weren't even drinking bourbon that night honestly oh i was um, for sure yeah yeah, yeah. so that, that's beer, probably why that ex- podcast never aired <laughs> yeah. it was sloppy well, it, uh, it didn't just not air it derailed the whole concept for like three years <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't three years it was like yeah, a month it wasn't three years it, you're bullshit. crazy dude. i still lived in the woodlands you did yeah, dude, that was like 20. That was like the year after our first elk trip, dude. It was like 2016. Hmm. We finally got this thing going. It was four years. Wow. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, time flies. Well, anyway, <laughs> I've got a beer. I don't know what you're drinking, but um, <clears throat> probably not drinking, Topo Chico. Uh, San Pellegrino. Ah, okay. Well, we've got a lot to get into. Oh, I did want to mention this. I had a great interview for the day job today uh, with representative tom oliverson uh republican out of cyprus and regarding hb it's regarding hb 957 the texas suppressor law which basically is a middle finger to the federal government and saying hey if you if the if the suppressor is manufactured in texas and it's stamped made in texas we're not going to enforce federal laws on our citizens because we think it's unconstitutional which we, we had this great talk he explained all the details um, and we brought up marijuana. It's like, okay. He even said, Colorado wants to say that they don't find marijuana use on, uncon- you know, they find it perfectly acceptable. It's not unconstitutional, but basically you dare the feds to come in and enforce it is what you do. And the feds lose interest because they're not getting any help from the state. Cause you've already told your, uh, LEOs to stand down on the state and local level. So, uh, and it's going to be yep. signed. He said a little, uh, preview on June 16th at the Alamo by Governor Abbott when he signs constitutional carry into law as well. So bad ass. Yes. Yeah. Bad ass. Both of those actually. Um, have we talked about the constitutional carry thing yet? I don't know, but I feel my oh, personal opinion is who cares? Doesn't it's not any. Oh, I don't, <clears throat> I don't right. at all. I, I just, I can sum up my take on it really quickly. Yeah. When we passed uh, open carry, yeah. what was that? We have talked about, I think we have talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, well, that I thought it was, you know, going to just look ridiculous. And then you never see anybody doing it. I've been having talks with both my folks about it. I had to talk with some people at church about it the other day. And 
you know, most of the responsible gun owning people that I know that particularly, I think basically all of them have CHLs are like, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, and I'm like, so I, I pulled out my phone and I showed them there's like 20, is it 19 or 20? I think we're the 20th. Yeah. I think there's 19 mm-hmm. currently will be the 20th state to have a constitutional carry and the list of all the rest of the states, some of which are like, for one is Vermont where they are like Bernie Sanders every six years. Yeah. For some reason. They're all states that you would want to live in because you don't hear about atrocious, you know, gun crime statistics like you do in gun control places. Chicago, New York, York, L.A. Yeah. So it's going to be a a non thing. Yeah, I I really I really absolutely just know that because it doesn't change anything. If you can legally go into a academy and buy a gun. Chances are you probably are going to qualify to get a CHL if you want it. So what does it really change? Nothing. It's just at this point. Yeah. In well, time, I think they're putting basically some of the same restrictions on that right to carry. Is correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't actually dove too far into the bill, but like you can't carry if you're in a bar. Just like you can't if you're right. con- if you're carrying concealed with a permit now, right? You can't be drinking. It's not the wild I assume, west, right? I assume you still can't be like have any alcohol in your system and carry under constitutional carry, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the same rules and regulations apply to constitutional carry as to the permitted carry that we program we have now. So to your point, if somebody's going to carry illegally under this new regime, then they were probably carrying around a gun illegally under the old regime. So what's the difference? Uh, But getting back to the suppressor thing, it's so ridiculous that suppressors are illegal in the first or, you know, so heavily restricted in the first place. Yeah. Right. It's basically just a hammer as far as being a deadly weapon. Like, right. Right. We know this. It's, yeah. it's silly. It's nonsense in the UK where they have infinitely more restrictive gun laws than we have throughout this country. It's required to shoot suppressed because it's a, freaking, in a lot of places. Like if you yeah. go to a gun range and you're not suppressed, if anyone else is shooting, they're like, you have to leave. You can't offend our yeah. suppressed. Is that how is that, how that works? Like pretty much. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not illegal, so, but it's like frowned. It's bad. It's bad form in, in places where you can get them in, in Europe. I've, I've read and heard that you can buy a can for like 50 bucks. They're like a throwaway item, mm-hmm. right? They're just, it's, it's just, it's nothing, right? The gun is the firearm. But anyway, so yeah. the first you, you told me about this initially probably a month ago. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because there, there, nobody was writing about it. Nobody was talking about it. it there, there wasn't a lot of information out there. Like I, I looked up over the course of a week or two, tried to just, you know, check into kind of what the status of it was. And even the act itself was, you know, long and, you know, kind of unnecessarily complicated. Anyway, um, the first thing I thought was, obviously, this is aimed at or designed to sort of mirror what the, you know, the weed legalization states have done. Mm-hmm. It just sets up a fascinating, fascinating legal battle that I'm looking forward to following. Um, but to your point about enforcement, like. Uh, the feds going to come to I wish house? I had a come and take it flag hanging behind me right now. Cause that's right. exactly like, that's what Texas is saying is like, we're going to make them here. We're going to permit people to use them here. They're not going to be able to leave with them. Come and fucking take them. Yeah. And, and no more $200 yeah. tax stamp. No more six month to year waiting period. That's what's so, going to piss the feds off the most is they don't get their tax stamp. Yeah. Yeah. So a big old middle finger to the feds. God bless Texas. Um, moving on here. Let's start with, I think one of my uh, Instagram followers called her Satan's niece today, which I thought was appropriate. Uh, and let's go ahead and roll this little gem from our vice president today. Actually, it was yesterday in her interview with uh, CNN's Lester Holt. Martin, okay. do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not. The point that it's making is that we don't share a fucking border with Europe. Last time I checked, Kamala. Uh, okay. I think that's pretty clear. 
that like so beautifully sums up Kamila for me right there. She, she says, we're going to the border. We've been to the border. We've right. been to the border. Yeah. You haven't been to the border. Well, I haven't been to Europe either. It, so what? Hold on. So we're going, first of all, who's we? We've already been. Okay. So you're going back. <laughs> and then Lester, God bless him. But you haven't been. So we, maybe that's one of those. Yes, that's God bless us seeing an anchor for actually holding someone accountable for a maybe, change. Maybe it's one of those new age like pronoun things where you use we to refer to other people, not including yourself. Right. Because you don't identify as we or something. Well, maybe you identify as having gone to the border. Right. She clearly <laughs> does until she's really <laughs> pinned down on I'm not talking about whoever we is, the royal <laughs> we, but you, Mrs. Harris, you, vice president, have, have not. Yeah, but I haven't been to Europe either. No, no, but first the laugh. The laugh is what she does oh, whenever she's pressed dude. about anything of substance. Dude, so I wish I had pulled or had the examples on hand of some of the other times where she's cracked herself up talking about something like, I mean, some things that were sadder and way more serious than this. Like, she'll start laughing in the midst of giving a like deeply emotional talk about somebody's death or something like that. And you're just like, what is wrong with you? You, she's a, she's a psychopath, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last Friday I spoke with a, uh, a rancher. Well, he's not, he's just actually, he just owns a ranch. He doesn't really run cattle and he's like your family has a ranch. Blessed to have a ranch down there. And this was in Dimmick County in the last three months, a dead guy under his deer stand, a pile of cash, uh, passports from sweet. India. So now we have yeah. Indian and and did we talk about this last episode? We did. Okay. Well, then we won't, okay. don't need to rehash it. And you, I mean, you guys have found a dead guy on uh, your lease or your ranch. I mean, it's just the problem. The traffic. Is, that so that was a few years ago. I will say one thing about the traffic thing. So we've only had that place since Trump's election, mm. and when he first got elected, you saw a wave, like big time wave of, of, of activity. And well, and we were leasing some property, uh, in the same County, mm -hmm. but, but further back towards the coast, you know, further inland, I guess, from where we are now or not inland further away from the river. <clears throat> and, um, I know when Obama got elected, we had a spike of activity. I don't know if it's like they, they sort of just sort of flood in at the changeover of an administration until the administration gets their footing under them. Dude, or no, what? It's, no, it, it has nothing to do with that. It has to well, do with they don't, this, they this don't group give a invited shit. them. This, they, this yes. group invited them. No, don't get me well, wrong. Without I, I'm saying, just saying like we're inviting the, you, they invited them. All I'm saying is with. No, they did. I mean, they, they, they pretty much did, man. Did you um, see what how certainly, she was certainly met? during the, uh, you know, during the election process? They were basically like, right. She was talking open borders. Do you did you see how she was greeted in Guatemala? Did they really roll out? Did somebody was somebody holding? Dude, a that, no, that sign? was absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> I heard it go, on Crowder, go. and I didn't know if they were making a joke or not. No, no, no. She the big banners go home, Kamala, and then other ones that others that said Trump won, which we, you and I've talked about that. Who knows what really happened there? Who cares at this point? I don't but care. The, the go it's, home it's funny. Kamala is just awesome. They don't want her there any more than we want her here. That's so amazing. She's so mm. she's despised she, by everybody. Dude, I can tell I can tell you. I was listening to I don't remember what show it was while I was traveling. Um, but they were they were talking about, you know, we've talked about this. She called Joe Biden a rapist and a racist. Yeah. Right? And, and said there's, he, there's she didn't reports. respect him, it would never run with him. There were reports that came out this spring about how pissed Jill Biden was at her. Like and basically still, I don't know if it said she still is, but she was like furious when they were, you know, down to the final couple of candidates and, and Kamala was looking like she was going to be the one selected, right? Like mm -hmm. Joe Biden wouldn't forgive her for what she did to Joe on those stages. My point is they went at it like that. He boxed himself in because he said, I'm going to pick a woman. And then later he said, I'm going to pick a woman of color and being a 40 year Senate guy. He was going to pick a senator, right? So that literally left him one choice. Yeah, <clears throat> and and she had run technically, even though she never even got a single electoral vote. She had run in the presidential election, so she had the name. But there was there's there's rumors coming out now that so the person I was listening to actually specifically said and this is like a DC insider conservative mm -hmm. person, right? But they were like, 
is Joe was Joe sending a message, you know, and sort of his team, right? Because there's his team and there's her team, right? It's and then there's they're all on the quote the same team, but they're which is the team that have, protects the border? Neither of their teams, but okay. But Joe gave her this person was speculating. Did Joe give her the border task because it's a shit job? And it was like, here, Camilla, why don't you go do something productive for the first time since you left California or maybe for the first time in your entire effing career, unless you count putting people in jail uh, for longer terms than they deserve. You know for what? Minor I just realized off of your comment there that there is a winner in this situation. and It's California because they got rid of her. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. Silver line is California. They've also just gotten rid of crime and laws. So I don't know that <laughs> right. she, you know, she, she couldn't be doing any damage there right now. Anyway, I was just there and, um, was it beautiful? It's still beautiful. Harmonious. Yeah. yeah I mean, society I just thriving. Uh, lots of masks outside, uh-huh. despite it being sunny as could be. And, you know, a, a little breezy and all the conditions that they tell us means you won't catch COVID outside. Um, Lots of masks, uh, but people were out and about. Restaurants had people in them. Um, the area that I have to go to work, well, the, the area that I was visiting is, dude, you wouldn't, if you talked to any of the folks I was talking, they they would be our co-hosts. Hmm. Like, these are folks that are just like us. There's, dude, if you look at their electoral map, you know, red and blue county kind of oh, breakdown, yeah. just like the United States, the majority of that state is actually a red state. But the population, the whole population is crammed into basically two major corridors. Thank you, San Francisco and L.A. Right, exactly. Yeah. San Diego, and, you know, I think, still might be red. I, don't, I know it's changing, but it was. It's traditionally been. Yeah, so it has a. Yeah, yeah. Well, mostly because of the military and everything. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I try to I try to make sure to keep in mind that I do skew toward. Uh, conservative media i guess right but i do i listen to a number of people who are liberals or who at least regularly have liberal liberal democrats on but they're all the kind of liberal democrats that i'm always defending the ones that are still like down with free speech and think critical race theory is actual journalists right yeah yeah Yeah. um like today i was listening to megan kelly and she had on these people these these two uh podcasters that used to be with the hill and other independent but it's sagar and jetty and crystal ball and sagar is a uh indian indian american guy who's a pretty staunch conservative or i don't know about staunch conservative but he's more right of center and crystal's pretty left of center considers mm-hmm. herself you know borderline socialist but she calls balls and strikes and she calls absolute bs on all of the leftist nonsense anyway <clears throat> my point is because of the way i have you know created something of an echo chamber I try to be mindful that when I hear Ben Shapiro or whoever talking about what's going on out in California or Portland, I'm like, all right, I wonder if it's as bad as they're making it out to Well, be, just right? listen to Joe Rogan, who's more of a... I'd, yeah, I'd I mean, he just I'm, split there, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean... But, but I, so I, I, my point is, just before I left, I heard somebody saying, you know, how you can't, you can't park a rental car and leave anything visible you know in the seat because you're going to get it stolen in like san francisco and sure enough i fly into the san francisco airport pick up a car a rental car and the nice gentleman who led me to my rental car the last thing he said before i drove off was hey man make sure not to leave anything visible if you park it anywhere in san francisco or any of the you know greater kind of san francisco area bay area you know communities it will get stolen like for sure Oh, dude, we went there for uh, the last time I went to California and hopefully the last time I ever go to California was for my wife's cousin's wedding. Um, It would have been the fall before COVID. And my wife's cousin, one of the cousins that was flying in from like Houston, left her suitcase and her laptop in the she had an SUV in the in the they busted basically the back window, took everything. Literally, they stopped to eat lunch, leaving the airport. Boom, gone. Yeah, the people that I is, met with were saying that like it, it's nothing to see somebody load up a shopping cart at Target or uh, supposedly Walgreens has pulled out of the city of San Francisco because they you know they that. passed this. The attorney general is no longer; they're not processing crimes in the state of California for theft under nine hundred dollars. Right, you can load a shopping cart. They said you see people all the time fill a shopping cart up, 
They're literally checking price tags and tabulating the amounts and they just roll right out and nobody can say an effing thing about it. And they just jack $875 worth of stuff and head to the... I just it, I, It's like we're living in a bad dream. I don't even... How is that even possible, man? Dude, it, it, I... God. Every day I question, is this real? Surely the, sim- the simulation must be real because this can't be real. <laughs> Somebody has, is tinkering with the game. All right, you know what else is real? Hunter Biden's a racist, man. And, uh, <laughs> and a crackhead. And a what? pedophile. And, a racist, and no one cares. crackhead, pedophile. And nobody, nobody gives a shit. Cares. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Here's the two angry white guys yelling about all this other, all this other shit. But if it was Donald Trump Jr., who we've already said, we wish the Trumps would go away. Wish they would go away. But if right. it was Donald Trump Jr., do you know what kind of heyday the media would be having with this? If he said that N-word, Casually. if he was a crackhead, if he had a laptop full of scathing emails with the Ukraine where they're paying him off hundreds of thousands of fucking dollars. Sorry. Angry white guy here. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The only reason that I'm not yelling is because I just finished a bike ride and have a little bit of a nice endorphins kick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's You're right, dude. I mean... My God, my God, if they had a text like that where one of the Trump boys was calling his attorney an N. Yeah. Can you still be talking about it? You have the text pulled up. I want to hear. And obviously you can't say the N word. I'm not going to say the N word. Well, there, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, like coaches get fired now for even saying don't. Yeah, you can't can't, like read a quote. You can't write. No, nothing. You can't ever say it. Yeah. And but Hunter Biden can, apparently. dude. It's all so much, way more. Oh God, there's so much to this too. Like it's not just the N word, <clears throat> although that's you know enough. His dad's the president, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. And all this crap. Well, this wasn't necessarily known, but plenty was mm-hmm. last fall. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody: go back to one of I don't remember what episode, but go back into our archives, and you'll find links to a 2019 New Yorker article where they were talking about all the problems Hunter Biden could cause for his dad. That was the left trying to take Joe down with it before Joe even threw his hat in the ring. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's see. According to a new report from the Daily Mail, Hunter Biden sent multiple messages to his quote white $845 per hour lawyer which included anti-racist slurs as well as other racist comments. He says to George Messiers, Messiers, Messeris, something Whatever. like that. I only love you because you are black. That's the first one. He's white. Okay. And then quote, true that in close quote, as it says, using an anti-racial slur. Mm-hmm. Uh, a month earlier, he had allegedly wrote, how much money do I owe you because N, you better not be charging me Hennessy rates. So a nice racial stereotype there. His high dollar attorney replies, quote, that made me snarf my coffee. And then Hunter, so replied, back, <laughs> Hunter replied back, that's what I'm saying, N. Cutting off the racial slur mid word and then, and then texting an image. Uh, picture. So I have a question. How did, to be fair, I I don't want to, and it's not like we're reporting on something that's not out there, but how were these acquired? Because, you know, I I don't want to just say, there's no chance this was just made up. So, but how did these get into the the hands of a whistleblower or whoever? Ah, dude, I mean, this, this, this laptop is the same laptop that had all the Ukraine crap on it. Yeah. This laptop has been in the FBI's. Uh, so why are they just releasing it now custody that's a really good question one of the first thing i heard about this earlier was uh dan bongino who i'm going to recommend to you again you need to get on bongino dude um for anybody who doesn't know who dan bongino is he's a radio host and podcaster um who was a like a 14 year maybe i guess a, a 10 year he was he served four years in the New York City Police Department as a special investigator. And then in 1999, uh, joined the Secret Service, served under W. Bush, uh, was like the youngest uh, Secret Service agent ever to be, a, a posi- to be, a, to be granted a um, basically like a head of operations post, meaning like mm-hmm. he would be, he would go into country when the president was traveling and like, he'd be the point man, right? Like his, he would be running the entire security operation. He'd be out there a week beforehand 
laying the groundwork, coordinating everything. He did that for Obama for several years. Um, he was also the, I think he either the youngest or just pointed out that it, so when he first joined the secret service, I don't know if you know this, but check fraud, uh, is and like other financials, like fraud is actually a, is a special, is a, I've seen catch secret me service if you can. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So it's a secret service agent, right? If you're writing bad checks, the secret service is who comes out after you. So before he was put into actual, like, you know, the, the president's special security force, he was doing that and got awards from the department of justice as uh, an exemplary. He, that's what I think it said. He was the youngest, uh, uh, youngest to ever be awarded the department of justice, like exemplary investigator award. So mm -hmm. my point is, if you listen to Dan Bongino, and he, he's funny and he's kind of goofy, um, so maybe, I, probably some people are willing to dismiss him on account of that. That is a smart, savvy mother effer who understands the federal government, understands the executive branch in particular, and understands how to investigate shit. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, um, God, why did I even get off on Bongino? Because I asked, like, why are they just, why is this information just now being released? Right. That was his question. He was like, you know, we, we have a real problem here. Uh, he made the point, like, kind of, why did it just come out? But also, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? The FBI has had this computer in their custody this whole time. So did they leak it? <clears throat> if they leaked it, he's like, you know, hey, you might have shared some of this information, I don't know, uh, a year ago, since you've had this thing that whole time. Um, but, you know, it's also entirely possible that i don't know i'm just complete he didn't say this i'm making this up but maybe giuliani and the crew that had originally got their hands on the thing made a copy of it and they're going to start dripping this stuff out a little bit at a time god knows right but mm. um bongino is definitely making that point of as to you know the fbi you know got in the middle of the 2016 election um you know with the hillary clinton email stuff the you know silicon valley dicks shut down all talk of this stuff even though it was all true and legit mm -hmm. and to your point now all of a sudden in the midst of you know critical race theory on every front we find out that he likes to throw the n-word around just willy-nilly and, and and still nobody really strange you gotta let me i mean fox cares fox <laughs> News listen cares, listen, no listen to this listen to this exchange dude <laughs> so this is a whole different little text thread um why, why did this the is all from like 2018 care is my question they don't like, how do they, they do man so, dude, polling has showed that 15 percent of his voters said that they would have changed his vote if they'd have known about this at the time they voted because mm. they had all sent in mail-in votes <clears throat> anyway i mean it would have changed the election dude if anything i will make i will say rudy giuliani and that crew screwed up entirely because they used the old october surprise model in a year where everybody was voting early by mail mm -hmm. that was dumb um but so, so you have to, this, this, these things were all from 2018 to 2019. So I guess this was like January of maybe 19. So the attorney says there are ideals of unconditional love that serve as proxies. I don't have as many. I don't have many. You God hunters response. Oh my God. N, did you just, did you just a fictional? Okay. I'm reading this verbatim. Oh my God, it's OMG. OMG, N, did you just a fictional character from the imagination of the collective frightened and my dead brother's unconditional love is what I should rely on and my kids aren't children, George? What? <laughs> so, so George replies, my parents' love was conditioned. And Hunter's reply, my penis as of late has been unconditional. Messer says, that's why we are searching. And Hunter that's says, searching for oh, my penis. Uh... Parmesan cheese on the carpet. Thinking it's crack <laughs> cocaine, like yeah. he said that he, he he said that in that interview. This is not me making this up. He that's oh, yeah, that's out yeah. there on the internet. Yeah. He might have snorted <laughs> Parmesan cheese, hoping it was crack. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Might have. He did. <clears throat> Messers, that's why we are searching. Hunter says for my penis, Messers, mm. and we will always be searching. Hunter says it's a big penis, George. They always find it, and I only love you because. What does you're, this say? And I only love you because you're black. It's Jeez, so, what? and he says it's so annoying when you interject with frivolity. What, what does it say about and, the man that raised? But him? I'm done my rant. What does it say? Uh, dude, it probably says mostly that he just wasn't around, right? Because okay. he was well, a senator I, since the age of 28. I don't know. Uh, I mean, people. I, I don't. I don't. 
I don't like to blame parenting for all of the ills of a grown human being. Right. At some point, you're out of the nest. You got to take care of yourself, right? Yeah. Um, it's a drug some addict. level of responsibility. It's a, drug for addict, man. Yeah. It's a serious drug addict, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, lots of really good people raise kids who ended up on drugs, right? Yeah. No, um, okay. But, I'll, but, I'll re- I'm but redact they're also, the comment. they're an international crime ring, man. Yeah. Like, you know, this is just kind of funny. Uh, and obviously quite, you know, ironic with the conversations that we're having, quote, conversations about race. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, it, it's the money laundering crap, dude. I mean, between, you know, it, Joe Biden's brother, this dude's uncle and Hunter have been the bag men for a multi-million dollar fucking international crime ring for decades, man. They've been selling influence since forever. Anyway. Yeah. So to well, your point, you know what, I'm speaking, not saying Joe Biden was a great dad by any stretch. Right. I'm just not right. necessarily willing to go there because maybe just MIA dad. Yeah. Um, speaking of racism, and I despise this lady. I really do. And she was fired from ESPN because she kept being a racist. And I'm talking about Jamel Hill, oh, she's who, who she called out Joe Manchin this week. And then on our justified pursuit Instagram, I follow him. I follow all, you know, we follow, I'm the one that really runs it, but MSNBC, CNN, Fox, all of them, all the outlets. And Jamel Hill is the first, that's how I found out about it. She calls Joe Manchin a coward for saying he's not going to do two things, vote for the, uh, we the people act and then uh not voting for getting rid of the filibuster we the people act basically would we've talked about this um federalized elections meaning no state powers you you just basically the feds show up and just facilitate the election however they want and then the filibuster obviously is the the way that the senate uses let's just say bipartisan policy i will just checks and balances it keeps one side from just running yeah. over roughshod over everything for four years yeah well the senate is the body that represents the states themselves right, right. The, the house represents the populace this the senate represents the interests of the states and so mm-hmm. because this is a nation of states you need 60 senators which is you know pretty close to a two-thirds majority basically to really get anything done mm-hmm. otherwise you get stuck with a filibuster yeah. and yeah. that's because half the state shouldn't be allowed to dictate to the other half. We yeah. want more consensus than that. So Jamel Hill calls Joe Manchin a cowardly, power-hungry white dude over not supporting those two things. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where she was at on the filibuster a few years ago when the Democrats were using it to stop every single thing that the Republicans were trying to do when they had the Senate. Isn't it nice for them to be able to just throw out the race card whenever they disagree with you? Because that's what they do. Dude, they're a bunch of children. They are a bunch of children. I you was thinking about this me? earlier. Oh, well, man. you're a racist. You're yeah. a racist. Right. Well, then how, they, are you they supposed don't... To def- how are you supposed to defend that? Okay, well, so, it... oh, yeah, because I'm white, so I'm a racist. Yep. It's true. You are. White supremacist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, anyway, good for Joe, because he's, again, said he's not going to vote for either one of those things. And we've yep. talked about Joe a lot. Was we've, we've talked a lot about of Joe hopes. since the first of January. Yep, we've had a lot he, of hopes for old Joe. That's right. You're my boy, Blue. He's uh he's uh <laughs> fulfilling them so far. And I uh, so somebody I was listening to made the point. You know the the Republicans have squashed the January sixth commission, <clears throat> which would be a you know a special commission to investigate the Capitol riots. Are they can investigate the riots 6th? in all the other major cities where federal buildings were. No, that, no, 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 because none of those were. Then I don't give a shit about that, to be frank with you. I, I don't. They're all the same thing. <laughs> Opinions of January 6th aside or yeah. the riots of last summer. When when this when the basically McConnell stepped up and said, we ain't doing that. And there were roughly enough Republican senators who were who were willing to to at least negotiate on it, mm-hmm. that it had a chance of passing. Well, when he stepped up and said, we ain't doing that, they all followed suit. And it killed the January 6th commission. And he wrote, he being Manchin, wrote a, a scathing op-ed, I believe, that, uh, you know, ripped into Republicans for being too, you know, ideological and playing politics and blah, blah, blah. My point is, he's sticking to his guns on these legitimate principles of, you know, the constitutionality of our voting laws 
and how they're apportioned to the states and this filibuster issue, despite having a current axe to grind over the January 6th stuff. So um, somebody, I think I've said this on the show, but somebody I was talking to the other day said it to me that he's probably the most powerful man in America right now. I'm pretty sure we've said that. Uh, I think we've insinuated. I don't, we haven't just come out and said that, but it's true, dude. He's the most, he's holding more power right now than any man in America. I really think that, I mean, Biden is just, you know, Biden is fairly neutered without the support of the legislature, like any president would be, but he's also senile and just a, you know, a front man. He's not actually making decisions or crafting policy. Everything's getting, somebody's got their hand up his butt. So, uh, MSC, MSNBC, this is one of their reporters that their quote after, because anyway, back to our Instagram and the kind of stuff that I've been throwing up on there, or just what I've been seeing on MSNBC. Once uh, Manchin came out and said he wasn't going to vote for those things. Dude, their whole page is just littered with Manchin this, Manchin that. Manchin's a racist. So anyway, this uh, reporter... Hayes Brown said, Senator Manchin's love of a state born over 200 years ago out of a struggle to preserve the union could, in the end, be the ruin of it. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. I think he's trying to preserve the union. Sounds like it to me. Yeah. So just uh, two plus two. Dude, plus I mean, they're, they're so, they're, like I said, they, they, they're children. They, mm. they, first of all, look at how they, Look at their brand, right? They they basically market to childhood emotions, right? Yeah. They they don't take they don't make serious arguments. They won't even engage in serious arguments. They won't engage in a discussion. They say if you don't agree with us, like you've pointed out, then you're race. They just start calling you names, dude. It's playground children's crap. They, you know, uh, I'm not gonna get too far down that road. Suffice it to say, I don't take their approach. The Democrats, by and large, on a case-by-case basis, Kristen Cinema, she seems to be doing a great job, too. She was hand-in-hand with our Senator uh, Cornyn at the border, I think in Arizona specifically, though, uh, like last week, where they were there doing a visit in a bipartisan effort to say, we have to do something about this. And apparently she gave an incredible speech that was like a balance between compassion and for the situation these people face, but also the absolute necessity to stop the problem and secure it, right? So I don't like to paint them all with the super broad mm. brush, but the, the democratic narrative as fed to us by the media, how about I say that? The democratic narrative as fed to us by the media is garbage. They don't get what they want. They pitch a fit and impeach over false pretenses about Russian collusion, which was proved false over and over and over again. Beyond that, it's basically tied directly to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Nobody gives a shit. That's all water under mm-hmm. the bridge. They squash things about Hunter Biden being a pedophile and a crack addict and now apparently a racist as well. Don't pay any attention to that. Don't look at the man behind the, 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 the curtain, right? Yeah. They just hurl racial slurs like Jamel Hill's doing to Joe Manchin. Forget about the, fuck, the, the detailed principled foundation by which he's stand on which he's standing in this regard you're just a racist sorry sack of crap because they want a revolution and they still haven't told us what they're going to replace it with some of them have though some of them have like that psycho lady from yale who's talking about how she wants to shoot everybody with a revolver every white person with a revolver white white people and then she some of these in her step after she did it bongino we're gonna do a whole podcast on her though uh, or at least you know focus on that i did want to say that what um what i'm really growing tired of is this this idea that they keep putting out like if you're a conservative i've heard all new t- terms I, I learned a new one this week you're you're a trumplican instead of republican you're a trumplican mm-hmm. i mean yeah. trumpsters obviously they can't differentiate between the fact that i'm glad trump's gone okay he lost you know i, I think he did a great job we've talked about this over and over again he's gone and there's they, they they're hanging on to this idea that we can't let it go like okay we've moved on why can't you and why can't you understand that Dude. just because I'm a, have conservative values and I don't want my kids being indoctrinated with transgender bullshit in kindergarten doesn't <laughs> mean that I am a uh, a member of a cult first. They, they, oh, they throw out, oh, you're a cult member. Like one of them said, you can't argue with cult members. So stop trying to talk to this guy. 
We were. Oh, that was when I commented on NBC's post, and then oh, I just got railroaded by all these idiots. We were a lot younger and probably a lot less interested in politics at the time. But do you remember how the media talked about W. Bush and that regime? Um, like, it was all it dude. It was in the same terms, man. Bush was a Bush was a war criminal, a war monger. They called him a dumb redneck. Like, dude, they were. They were just as nasty and hostile to George He wasn't w. the most eloquent speaker, but he looks brilliant compared to Biden. Well, but my, but my point is, <clears throat> now fast forward to the Trump era. First, Bush is actually pretty tight with the Obamas. I think we might have touched on that in the past. If we haven't, mm-hmm. we need to do a whole podcast about Barry Sortoro. No, we have touched but on that. But spare me, well, but I'll spare everybody a conspiracy theory rabbit hole for the moment. <clears throat> um. He's pretty tight with the Obamas, right? All of a sudden, he's friendly with Ellen DeGeneres. My point is, once the Trump era begins, they start painting this picture of the Republican Party has gone to pot. Don't we miss George W. Bush? No, you don't miss George W. Bush. If George W. Bush got reelected, you'd be doing the same crap to him that you'd be doing to Trump. You might not be quite as insane about it because Trump legitimately drove these people insane, mm-hmm. but they were still just as nasty, just as hostile. And all Republicans were painted with the same broad brush of evil, racist, bigot, homophobe, blah, 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 blah. It's always you been can't have a conversation with them, because if, when you start even trying to end, say, Sorry. hey, look, I even was agreeing with them. I they was like, hey, Trump's policy. gone. I, I, I don't care that Trump's gone. OK, I'm, let's move on with our lives. And they're like, oh, no, you, you can't you can't talk. You can't talk sense to these cult members. To, to a, for, he you know what? You know what? The, they said they, they said you follow a twice impeached president. I said, my president is Joe Biden, you moron. And my yeah. my cult is America. You know, you, you know what the left is really good at, dude? They're amazing as projecting their own bullshit onto the other side mm. on all these fronts, dude. You name the topic that right there. You want to talk about cult? There's no difference between men and women. You know, this country is a horrible racist place and you can't even walk down. The, an Asian person can't even walk down the street without getting mugged it, it, on and on and on. Like they're the I haven't cult, been dude. to every country in the world. But of the ones that I visited, this is the least racist country. They're the ones who hold beliefs that are demonstrably untrue. They're the cult. Yep. yep but they cast that towards you because mm-hmm. we're paying attention and calling out their bullshit and they don't like it. All right. Ivermectin. <laughs> yeah, actually, an update on hydroxychloroquine, too. Okay, so this is when <clears> I heard, first heard of Ivermectin was, and I think I've said this, my pH in South Africa said that they're not getting sick from COVID because they're all taking Ivermectin. Yep. So take that for what it's worth. That's what they were using. That was in when I was there in February. Now you can take it and run with it. Yeah, we've talked about it a few times. I've mentioned that my wife got a prescription of it when we thought maybe she had COVID about six weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, she didn't have it. So we still have the the prescription here at the house. And if anybody does catch the COVID, we're going to put them on it right away. Um, I'm actually working on getting some more. Um, yeah, so I have since learned a good deal more about the ivermectin thing. Um, it is a movement across the globe more and more scientists are getting behind it all the time. Um, I listened to a fast, fascinating podcast with a thing uh, and I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but uh, a doctor out of New York <clears throat> that's part of a five doctor team that has been compiling um, the statistics uh, on, on these studies that have been done for going on a full year now of ivermectin uh, and, and just showing like incredible incredible results uh, i actually plan to get our show notes updated so i'll make sure to include all that stuff in there but mm-hmm. it's like covid19 let me read the email or not the, read the uh website real quick that they've got because i do have that because this is really really important man uh where to go covid yeah they call themselves the flcc alliance their website is covid19 criticalcare.com So this is an informational page that this group of doctors put together. Um, Each of them, as he describes, is like a world-renowned expert in their specific, you know, in their specialties, one of whom is like the godfather of the use of uh, corticosteroids for treating inflammation in the lungs. 
which if I'm not mistaken, is like exactly what this disease causes. Mm, right? I've been as an asthmatic, lifelong right. asthmatic. I've You've, taken more steroid packs than just about anyone. I know. And and so you undoubtedly have benefited from this one guy's work. Um, mm -hmm. Not the guy from the podcast, but one of his partners in this deal. He's got a, it's either an Italian or Spanish name, but I think he's an American doctor. Anyway, um, a few quick cases. So Argentina did a study. Uh, Australia's been you know blaring the horn about the use of ivermectin obviously the people in africa believe in it argentina did a study of medical pr medical practitioners they had i think it was 1200 um you know healthcare providers they gave 700 of those 1200 ivermectin as a prophylactic meaning huh. they were just taking it the way trump said you could do with hydrochloroquine right right or hydroxychloroquine mm -hmm. and the other 500 didn't not a single one of the 700 got the disease and half of the 500 ended this up is catching. verified. Yeah. They have all the, every wow. one of every, everything I'm about to cite, so nobody you can find that took on got it. And then 50% of, of the people that did not got it of healthcare providers who were dealing with sick patients ended up getting it. Um, why is the, the third world country smarter than us here? I don't understand that. Next one, Mexico. <clears throat> Remember when Mexico was getting crushed by this late last oh, yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, it was in the news. Uh, anybody who lives fairly near the border, all of us in Texas certainly were aware that Mexico was getting hammered by COVID-19, like late last summer, early fall, maybe. Right. So they have nationalized healthcare there. And apparently there's a couple of different agencies that preside over their different kind of parts of the healthcare system. And they ended up with this schism. There was a agency in Mexico who the doctors, you know, that ran it decided they wanted to push forward a test and prescribe process whereby you would have, you know, not only mobile testing center, basically all of the testing operations that they had across Mexico. If you tested positive with a quick test, a 15 minute quick test, they would immediately hand you a box of, of uh, ivermectin and send you home with it. When was the last time you heard about Mexico's COVID problem? It's no, gone. Not not Come really. On. They smashed it, dude. Completely smashed it. And they were right. in oh, they were the damage fought. was done. They had one of the highest death rates, though. Uh, of the yeah, virus. but the virus so, isn't gone. Right. They, right. They, dude, they these guys look say, at India. India is in the throes of hell right now. I'm about to get to India. This program was fought by this other agency who was only interested in waiting for the vaccine, basically, and social distancing and lockdowns and blah blah blah. Mm. So that more billionaires could. Arise. The rates of infection and more importantly, the rates of rates of hospitalizations plummeted when they began the guys who wanted to hand out the ivermectin one and it and it brought their pandemic into control. Basically, in India, <clears throat> India has states like we have, right? There's different states that make up the mm -hmm. nation of India. One of the governors of India has has bought and handed out ivermectin to everybody. He's mandated that everybody in in his entire state take ivermectin prophylactically and he's got the best results in the entire country in terms yeah, these, of this is incidents. verified stuff this is amazing go to the amazing. website dude <clears throat> and and some of these studies you know what the that, left would say oh that's not true you get oh but actually it's true no you're just it, not it even happened, allowed to verified. fucking publish it dude they don't even they won't even acknowledge it it's beyond that they just like i said westworld they that's just don't how see crazy it. this world is they don't There's let you say it. It. in canada if a doctor in Canada is part of the national healthcare system in Canada mentions ivermectin, they can lose their license. Seriously? Just mentions it. Yes. Hmm. Well, that's why 11-year-olds, if you're paying attention to our show, are face down in their living room floor crying from depression. So, so the question is... In Canada. Why Ontario. in God's name would national governments, as well as scientists, these almighty scientists that we all bow down to now... Fauci. And other healthcare providers have a problem with doctors on the front lines, even if it's a full, just an experiment, trying a 40 something year old drug out as a possible treatment for a deadly disease. Why would anybody have a problem with that? Why did any, why did they all freak out about hydroxychloroquine for that matter? Right? Yep. Let me tell you why. <clears throat> There's a few reasons. Ivermectin was discovered somewhere between 1970 and 1975. So it's been on the market for four, over 45 years now. 
over, or no, I, I guess it, it came to market in like 1981. So it's been right at 40 years that it's actually been on the market. I'm almost 40. Thanks for that. Like 50 million or 80 million doses of ivermectin have been uh, given to people in that 40 year period. In horses. <clears throat> it's an extremely safe drug. There are minimal, like kind of minor side effects. You can get like, you know, an itchy rash from it and some stuff like that. But for the most part, it is prescribed like you've talked about your ph in africa takes it like what daily weekly whatever all, you all take of them it, all the, they, they make sure they, they man well whole you know, communities take it it's all easy the time. for them to get and so they just said all right everyone in our company is yeah. going to take this it costs five bucks for a round of treatment like a week's worth or maybe even a month's worth it's dirt damn cheap dude there's no patent on it anymore any patents that were originally on the manufacturer of the molecule ivermectin have expired and so every pharmaceutical company in the world can make it in mass quantities, right? So mm, is there a lot of money in it? <clears throat> you know, not, not as much as is in these shots. It's super widely available. <clears throat> it's highly tested and very, very safe. These doctors are claiming it's incredibly effective. Did you know that as an emergency use authorized vaccine, that if there was a therapeutic available that was proven to work against this virus, that these vaccine manufacturers could not maintain their emergency use authorization? Nope. Didn't know that. Yeah. That's why that's in the, think about it. It's in the definition of emergency use authorization. If you have a treatment protocol that works, that saves people's lives, you don't have an emergency. That's one of the, I actually remember learning that last then summer. Then we can't make more billionaires, Chisholm. I remember learning that last summer when the hydroxychloroquine stuff was being slandered and, and libeled. They were, I had learned that and sort of forgotten about it because. Although, you know, what, how old was Trump? 74? A 74 year old man who, who has self proclaimed that he would never waste time working out because he's invincible, takes uh, hydroxychloroquine and he is. The disease he gets COVID two, and he's like, boom, I'm over that. And is like back on the cam tr campaign trail. Meanwhile, Joe Biden wow. needs a day off every third day and he doesn't have the virus. Yeah. Anyway, mm. point being, if either of those things had been allowed to be proven and demonstrated as having worked, they wouldn't be able to give us this vaccine right now. It wouldn't mm. be approved. You can't get an emergency use authorization for a vaccination if there's a treatment available. Now, I'm not specifically claiming that's why. You can't, nobody's recommending ivermectin. I just find that pretty interesting, right? Especially in light of the fact that seriously credentialed doctors well, what are is that, claiming what that is it's that law you used effective. last week where, when we were talking about the origin of, of COVID-19 that states the most, oh, yeah. the most logical uh, yeah. explanation 90% of the time is the <laughs> yeah. explanation? Occam's razor, absolutely. Right. The other really interesting thing about ivermectin that I learned from this guy was this when it was discovered in 1970 to 1975, that range period there? It was discovered by a Japanese scientist in the dirt. Mm -hmm. It is a molecule that he found in some dirt alongside of a golf course. And I don't even remember what town or province or whatever of Japan, but it's a naturally occurring molecule that if that is a, a byproduct of microbiology, basically bacteria generates this molecule and i don't even know really how he found it or even why he was digging in the dirt but he takes a sample of it and he sends it to a doctor in in america that doctor puts it through some paces the next thing you know those guys win a nobel prize for it and like i said five years later it's being mass produced and it's one of the most successful anti-parasite medications that's ever been created but Did in you the see last that, uh, I got to interject here. Nobel, speaking of Nobel prizes, the organization BLM's up for the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, I can. I, it, it two plus two. So it's not equal four. Uh, you totally derailed me. God dang it. <laughs> Sorry, well, we got to wrap it up soon. BLM. Um, the drug is uh, naturally occurring. What the heck was my point? Oh, 10 years yeah. ago. I know what my point was. So it's always been used for anti-parasite medication, right? And you'll hear, you know. Which is why they use it for cattle. 
And to the extent that anybody will address it from the opposite side here, that if the pro vaccine have to take your jab crowd, they'll be like, oh, it's just a that's for deworming things. Blah, blah, blah. Ten years ago, doctors started experimenting with ivermectin for treatment at, for use as an antiviral drug because of it was showing properties beyond just being like part of why it's good for this as a, as a anti-parasitic, right? It not only helps you kick the parasite, but it heals the damage from the parasite, the inflammation and the, you know, the actual destruction that's caused. There's a, have you ever heard, heard of a river blindness? Mm-mm. There's like a tribal people, I, be, I believe in Africa, um, that they, that the men end up with, they call it river blindness. Cause I, if I'm not mistaken, they get a parasite in their eyes from the water, like swimming and dive, diving for fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like all of the adult males end up blind and this drug, completely eliminated blindness in their community Hmm. my point is it's not just killing the parasite it's healing the person right so somewhere 10 years ago according to this doctor they started experimenting with as an antiviral and started finding that it was extreme it was kind of like tamiflu it would actually stop certain viruses in their tracks so it's not like somebody just took a a wild flyer sometime last year and was like let's just throw this shit at covid19 and see if it works somebody knew that there was literature out there that was starting to show that ivermectin might be able to treat as a you know treat various viruses tried it and it's been working man and countries across the globe doctors across the globe are screaming from the heavens that we have to be taking this seriously and here in the united states if you say it on youtube they'll delete your freaking page dude and my biggest point god put it in the dirt in one place too it's never been found anywhere else in the world there's a patch of ground in Japan, where some random scientists in the 70s stumbled on this shit. Now we manufacture a synthetic version of the molecule now, right? We've figured out the molecule and we can manufacture it. Yeah. But dude, it's like it's like the discovery of penicillin. God put this thing there that has all of these incredible medicinal properties and we're being told we can't use it to treat this virus despite it apparently having smashing success. Yeah. It's mind-numbing, man. The biggest well, thing everybody needs to understand is you can't get emergency youth authorizations for a vaccine if there's a treatment. Mind oh, me. and then today, a huge report was released proving, showing that in New York in particular, they had studied hundreds, maybe a, a few thousand COVID patients who had actually been intubated and put on a ventilator. And their rates of survival on high doses of hydroxychloroquine were over a 100% better than those who weren't given hydroxychloroquine. That study was released today. I feel like this is just a microcosm of the world we live in. The answer is right in front of our faces and we can't get to it or people don't want to accept it. Yep. Uh, it's absolutely <clears throat> crazy. I'm going to need the ivermectin that, that your wife didn't need because I'm, the farther we go, the less likely I am to get this Dude, vaccine. Have you, like, been, I'm just like, have you been seeing the studies about how well protected you are from having had it? Yeah. There was okay, so fifty two thousand. I posted this on Instagram today too. Fifty two thousand people were part of the study in Cleveland, and the rate of reinfection, if you have the vaccine or if you have had COVID, was there was no difference. Right. So, okay. but, but dude, the rate of re, hold on. It's two thousand. Think about what you just said. The the rate of reinfection if you've also taken the vaccine. That study specifically says. If you got the virus or if you got the virus and then took the vaccine, there's no difference in a reinfection. Mm -hmm. People are getting sick from the virus every effing day after having had the vaccine. You follow what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the study you're talking about, that was for people who took the vaccine after having the virus. They're not getting reinfected. You know why they're not getting reinfected? Because to your point, you don't get reinfected, period. It doesn't freaking happen yet. Eight people in the state of Maine last week died three weeks after having the second shot of COVID-19. Have you seen that shit? Oh, yeah. 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 I saw a guy who had was tweet, tweeting pro-vaccine stuff uh, on his Twitter. And then he said, like, it was like a month ago. He's like, got my second shot. He died two weeks ago. Yeah. That guy, COVID. Glenn Lowry, who I've mentioned a few times, that phenomenal economist from Brown. He and his wife both got the virus and got, you know, they didn't get like hospital sick, but they got pretty freaking sick. Like he did, he recorded a podcast and he sounded like shit. They got the virus after having had the full vaccine. 
that damn that Indian doctor lady that we played. Yeah, that's happening all the time. The vi- the vaccine doesn't protect you from getting the virus, but catching the virus protects you from catching it again. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, everybody do fascinating what stuff. Do. Okay, you're gonna send me that ivermectin before I go to Africa. I'm gonna take it, dude. That stuff's like. It's basically like gold. It's three thousand dollars an ounce, bro. I'm not getting the swap shot. me. Swap me one of your so. AR-15s for it. Come on now. All right, I'm calling my doctor tomorrow. Uh, we got to go. Wife's eyeballing me. She needs help packing the truck up because we're going to the beach. The kids are excited. I told you we could do this later. We're gonna go fishing. So I'm pumped about that. I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> poor Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. This has been episode 34 of Justified Pursuit. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. They've all been lying to you. No shit. (laughs) And I'll keep this world from dragging me down. Gonna stand my ground. And I won't back down.